the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Oh, the weather outside is frightful, but the fire is so delightful. And since we've no place to go, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. Man, it doesn't show signs of stopping, and I brought me some corn for popping. The lights are turned way down low. Let it snow, let it snow. When we and finally kiss good night. I went down to Florida for a couple of days. I let me just kind of bring you up to, to speed on what went on while I was gone. I went to Florida. We had a special deal that we had signed up for back in June. This is with the Orlando Informer. It's the paper down in Orlando, Florida. And uh, they put on a, a meetup over at Universal. And uh, you pay X amount of dollars, and uh, you and whomever you want to take uh, gets to get into the park. You get to eat all the food that you want. You get to ride all of the rides that you want. And uh, you've paid for it all. <laughs> so it's up to you as how long do you want to stay at the park and take advantage of it. Well, I would get to the park each day with my granddaughter, my grandson, my granddaughter's fiance, my grandson's friend, my daughter and her husband. All of us would head over to the park and we would be there by about one o'clock. And then we left at one thirty in the morning. You got your money's worth. I got my money's worth, buddy. I rode all. I'm a big. I'm a huge roller coaster person. Get I love here. roller coasters. You still ride the oh, roller coaster? Yeah. Oh, oh my man. gosh! Yes, absolutely. Even though the first thing says on the sign is, if you have heart conditions or high blood pressure, this isn't for you. And that's. The two things, of course, I've had a five-way bypass, and, uh, you know, I take pills to control my blood pressure. But, hey, I had a great time. So you just kind of went up and stuck your fingers in the eyes of that roller no, coaster? No, I just put my hand up <laughs> by my face, and I can't see to the left of me. I can't read the signs. And I just kept doing my thing, but had a great time. And, great. you know, it's fun to ride the rides and things, but it's fun to ride the rides with your grandkids. That's well, what's cool with your grandkids. R.D., you and I don't know anything about that, do we? No, no, I'm not there yet. Yeah, I'm not I'm there yet either. I'm thinking Wayne made no I'm about there. I've, got, I've got some that are getting age, getting age now, and they, they, I can tell they're wanting to ride, but well, they're just not tall enough yet. That's it. Yeah, they got that. I'm, I'm past that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid I may have scared my children out of having children. I don't know. <laughs> really? Was, had a great time. Had a great time. Let me just say that if you go uh, to a Universal, the place that you should just plan to spend one full day at is the Harry Potter Land place. Wow. That that was incredible. Never Ab- been to Universal before. Absolutely incredible. And they got a brand new ride, and uh, it's uh, 
it looks like a motorcycle and a sidecar. Huh. All right. You get on and you, it, as you get on it, you've been around for a while. You recognize roller coasters, yeah. right? It just, you're going to sit differently, but the same thing's going to happen. And, uh, I was on the motorcycle and the other is over in the sidecar. And I'm going to tell you what, that was an incredible roller coaster wow. ride. You usually, you know, you figure you get sixty to ninety seconds for a, a right. really good yeah. roller coaster. This is probably two minutes and ten That's seconds. That's a long time. Yeah, it's a long be time to sit on, a, on a roller coaster. Yeah. <laughs> and uh it it gets in it and about two thirds of the way, it goes backwards, it stops, it drops you to another track and takes you completely on a different route. It was crazy absolutely crazy how many other grandpas were were on that on that ride i didn't see too many people look my age would. to be honest i'll be i'll be honest I, but i i do i've always liked roller coasters still like roller coasters we'll ride roller coasters if given the chance the only thing i don't like about universal city is that it took an hour and 27 minutes i counted it i I kept standing in line to get, stand in line Lord. to get on the ride. That's that's not that's not that unusual though. Sometimes no, oh, two no. hours is probably about and it. He, well, here's the key, Iverson, is that it was only after eight o'clock. The park cl- closes eight o'clock, so it stays open for the people who have paid this extra oh. deal. And so you get it, and I'm, I'm there's thousands, still thousands of people there. But still, it's nothing like what it is wow. when the park is full. I can tell you what the secret is, is, is the way we do it, is you don't you don't start right there at the gate where you go in at and, you know, you kind of go around to the different rides. You make a beeline and hit back. right to the very back yeah. where nobody's at and work your way back. Back up. Well, you go to the rides that nobody wants to ride. That's the ones that you <laughs> yeah. go to. You know, you go to Dr. Seuss Land, you know, huh. and not that many people are flooding Dr. Seuss Land. Wow. But then you walk through Dr. Seuss land and you come to King Kong. Oh, Now, that was worth waiting for as well. That was pretty wow. cool. It's amazing what they do with, with this stuff. They've so in King Kong, they, you get to in his hand. and this, No, they don't do that part. They don't do that. This is a takeoff on um, the last one oh. with Kong. Because there's been, what, four movies now with Kong? And so you got Kong on Skull Island. Yeah. And he's fighting the Tyrannosaurus Rex, and which he fought in the first movie yeah. as well. But what's interesting is they take in the uh, roller coaster and melded it with high-tech video oh, yeah. and sound. And it's amazing. This thing was 360. You had... So you're in the mix. Yeah, you're right in the middle of the fights and all of wow. that. It was really quick and, and, and the, 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 it was fast. And uh, the Tyrannosaurus Rex is like, you know, flicking his tail mm-hmm. to, to warn Kong off. And he's hitting the side of your car. Your car is <laughs> bouncing all over the place. And so it was great. I had a great time. Fun times. The two days uh, came back yesterday. And, you know, I love flying Southwest. One of my favorite airlines. Be honest. One of my favorite airlines. Mine too. But they changed my tickets uh yesterday before i left i was supposed to fly from orlando to dallas and uh, dallas to little rock man, and, and be back right well here's what happened went to detroit well, kind of <laughs> yeah. flew from orlando to nashville 
landed in Nashville, stayed on the plane, lets people get off, lets people get on. So you're there 45 minutes, right? Flew from there to St. Louis. Whoa. Got on, waited two hours, got on in St. Louis, changed the planes there, and flew to Little Rock. Was that called the Pandemic Express? I guess it was. <laughs> wow. Now they, now, they had it fixed, other than the flight to Nashville. There was nobody in middle seats. They only had two people per row, so that you didn't have to sit right next to somebody. So anyway, <clears throat> it was fun. Had a good time. What was the temperature? It was 80 degrees wow. both days that we were in Orlando. Well, what did the capacity look like there in Orlando at the park? At the park, I would say a little over 50%. Okay. That's bad. pretty good. People getting it's back. not I'm, elbow to elbow with people. I do a lot of Lyft and a lot of Uber mm-hmm. riding because I don't like to wait for Yellow Cab or whoever's going to come and take forever to get to me. And... Uh, the two drivers that I had that took me home from the park, uh, because you know there's not a lot of yellow cabs even out at one thirty in the morning, but uh, they took they took me home and I was talking to the guys that were driving and it was guys there were women there too but basically guys most guys to do the driving at night yeah. women not too thrilled about that but uh, told me that it's been a little slow been slow you know he's guy said I'm paying my bills but that's about it. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. Did you, did you, uh, uh, how, how many people were masked and social distancing? Were they doing that? Oh, that, you, you couldn't stay in the park unless you did that. Oh, it, it was a park requirement. Yes. Got yeah. It. The Universal Security Forces and the Orlando Police, if you were not wearing your mask, would remind you you should be wearing your mask. And then if you refused several times to do that, you were escorted from the park. Well, this that's different than what I saw at Santa Rosa Beach, is that hardly anybody wore masks down there. Well, I could kind of understand that on the beach. You know what I'm well, saying? Well, I mean, even in even in town, when you went in, oh, town, really? It was the same way. You go to Walmart, <laughs> and and this guy walked in, and my daughter was there, and uh, <laughs> she, this guy says, "Nobody's wearing a mask." She says, "Yeah." He said. He reached up and he grabbed the earpiece like he said, ripped it off. He says, I love this place. <laughs> <laughs> now, let me tell you, this more is a, people wearing masks in Arkansas just about than anywhere that I've been in other states. You'd be amazed at how some people are, though. The fear factor is still out there. Oh, yeah. I mean, we were standing in line and we were at this ice cream place that we were going to. And on the, on the ground, there are things that say social distance and so you stay if one person's up at the front in front of you they're on a bar that's like blue and then you're on one that's blue and here's the problem though it's never six feet it's like sometimes it's 15 feet other times it's like three and a half feet so we're standing in line and this lady turns around looks at my wife and says could you move back please can't you see my daughter is is pregnant wow and I looked, I looked at the lady, wrong thing to say, by the way, <laughs> looked at me. I said, ma'am, if you're so worried about your, your daughter being pregnant, why are you here? That's really good. Yeah. You're, you're in a theme park, for God's sake. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Was she in the roller coaster line? <laughs> we, no, we were standing waiting to get an ice cream. Now, here's, here's the kicker. 
it, uh, the per, the woman that was talking, the daughter was definitely a millennial. She says, I can't believe you do like that. You know, and You're here's the problem. Baby. She, oh, she's, taking, she's taking selfies. So she wanted us to move back so we're not going to be, you know, so photo step out of the line. You know? Yeah. Yeah. you know, so anyway, we get inside the ice cream parlor. They can't keep you six feet apart. And <laughs> there's a guy, he's ordering, uh, you go to Universal with the Harry Potter thing, you'll find out what butter beer is all about. It's great stuff. It's really very delicious. But you can get it frozen, you can get it cold, you can get it hot. And I like it hot. It was good. But anyway, they had ice cream, butter beer ice cream. So I'm sitting there getting some butter beer ice cream. And there was a gentleman out the counter getting served. And uh, another server's up there. And she says, next. And the lady who's pregnant with her mother walk right up and stand right next to the guy who's ordering and don't, didn't look at him and say, what are you, what are you here doing? getting yeah. your stuff? They didn't say anything. They just got their stuff and walked out. And they took off their mask as they got their stuff to wow. eat. And I'm like, are you people that ignorant? You're talking about that fear factor. Is it's that there. fear of the government or fear of no. the virus? I think it's a fear of the virus. It's been, it's been put in people's minds. It, yeah. it really is. We're going to take a break. We'll talk more about that. There's a lot to talk about today. State Center Alan Clark is at it again. I want to read something <laughs> oh, yeah. off his Facebook. Love we'll him. talk about that. That's all coming this way. Here on the Dave Ellswick Show, stick around. We've got uh, Wayne Beach here, Artie Hoppers here, Iverson Jackson, 19 after 6 on a Monday. And let me just tell you, selling your home is never easy. It's difficult. It's stressful many times. But it doesn't have to be a stressful as it normally is. Let me give you an idea. Uh, Brian, an Air Force pilot, trying to sell his North Little Rock home. However, before he could sell it, he was transferred. Now, Iverson can relate to this. I can relate to this, a former military. After six months of no ex- su- uh, success, uh, he decided to make it a rental property. Let me just tell you, I, I think the worst thing that you can do is to be an absentee landlord. Because you don't know what's going on in your property. It's just that. That's just the case of it. No longer wanting to be a landlord, though, he reached out to Dustin Turner. And what's, uh, once Dustin turns his team loose on it, they put their explosive marketing plan to work. And it was like being shot out of a cannon. The first weekend, the home listed, it was sold for $5,000 over the asking price. And, uh, you know, today we're talking about Brian tomorrow. We could be talking about you, especially if you're in the military. You have special circumstances you've got to deal with. Sometimes you you PCS and you weren't even expecting the PCS. It just comes out of the blue. That can really throw a monkey wrench into you. You need somebody who can really help you with this stuff. And uh, Dustin Turner can do that. You call Dustin Turner today. Talk to the only agent that uh, I would tell you to go to. All right, it's Dustin Turner. His number is 501-952-2969, 501-952-2969, or you can go online, do it all there, hometeamsoldit.com, hometeamsoldit.com. When I was in the military, I worked for Armed Forces Radio and Television, and those hometown greetings, uh, we did a lot of that. And let me tell you, that means a lot 
I love hearing them. To the men and women overseas, yeah. but even more so because their mom and dad are told we send it to the local radio stations and then they'll call the station and say you're going to be here yeah but we don't know exactly when and boy they tune in to try to hear their kids oh, yeah. voices and hear what they have to say that's a big deal yeah it's very cool and and i tell you there's you don't feel you've never been alone until you're serving in the military and you're single yeah and that first christmas no matter where you're stationed, I mean, it can be in some place that's really nice, like over in Hawaii yeah. or something. It's still just you. Yeah. There's something about going, getting up in the morning and going to the chow hall to have breakfast and you have no family around <laughs> yeah. you. Just it, not fun. Yeah. Not fun. Now, you're a vet, aren't you, yep. Wayne? Yes, I am. So you know about it. Yep. You, what? Were, were you over in Nam? Yeah, I was over, over, over in the Far East, all over the Far East, including Korea and, and all that in okay. there. Now, let me tell you what happens. You get over there, and, and it does get lonely. Uh, you know, the guys around you is about the only thing that you That's that it. you have is family. And uh, you, get to, you, get, you get to make some really close friends mm-hmm. in the military. And I know that Iverson probably feels that way yeah. as well. It's 1990, I think, was my first Christmas away from home. <laughs> you remember the old radio, the uh, the old uh, uh, radio phone calls that you asked to go over, you know? And oh yeah, you when he called, oh, yeah. call back home. <laughs> oh Lord, am I It took you ten minutes to explain to your parents. You got to say over. Uh, it, was, <laughs> yeah. it was like it was like two o'clock in the morning, you know, and, and then they, and then they had a ham radio operator on each end. And they and then you get in and says you you say something I love you over over yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know there, there's a kid in our at our church Sunday he he, he said he want have a few words and he's going off to the uh, military uh, in March and so he says uh, now now y'all write me because I want to get some letters yeah <laughs> you remember the mail call man oh, yeah. <laughs> oh you just waited for that and I get I get a, a a ton of letters like that my wife would get a stack of letters from me. Yeah, yeah. It wouldn't be just one letter at a time. It'd be a stack yeah. of letters. Well, you remember in. you had to fold them up a certain way? And no, everything. they put a rubber band around them and <laughs> yeah. them to you like that. Yeah, you know. No, I'm just talking, you'd write them, and it was the short all format, yeah. and you write it, and then you'd fold it over, and then you had to fold it again, and then you licked it and put, put it together, it yeah. and it had the red, red, white, and blue around the trim <laughs> on it. AFP and all that kind of stuff. How long ago was that? It was a long time ago. <laughs> long, seems like forever. It really does. Seems like yeah. forever. In fact, I'll play a song when we come back. Uh, Heidi's going to look at me and go, oh, no, here I go. we got to go, go look at one of those old songs that Dave wants to talk about. Yeah, I'll, I'll play Bobby. Uh, I think it was Bobby Vinton that did this song. Uh, remember, Mr. I'm Lonely? I'm Mr. Lonely. Do you remember oh, that? Yeah. That was about soldiers being overseas. Wow. That, that was that came out during the height of the Vietnam War. I wouldn't remember that one. When a lot of people, you know, they were feeling <laughs> that guys were sitting in foxholes oh, yeah. and out in the jungle, monsoons are Just pouring down worse. on them. It was Just not, yeah. At the worst, what do they worse. do? They play a song that makes you even feel worse. <laughs> A Absolutely. sad Christmas song. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh man, I'm just you know this was worse than the death songs. You yeah. know, yeah. you remember the death songs? No. You know about Johnny dying in their car race and tell, but mm-hmm. tell Laura I love her. There we go. We we'll play that one anyway. <laughs> we come back. I'll play a little bit of Vinton. Just a just a little bit. Okay. Because I'm not. We're not on Facebook today, going. so I can get away with it today. <laughs> so I'll play a little bit of that. Yeah. All right.
I got news. And when we come back, we're going to talk further. Wayne Beach is here, R.G. Hopper's here, Iverson Jackson. We'll get to the serious stuff when we return right here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't run away. We got a lot to discuss today on the show. 8230965, that's the local number. Here's that song. A lot of you who served in Vietnam will remember this song. I'll guarantee you. Here we go. Lonely, I'm Mr. Lonely. I have nobody for my own. I'm so lonely. I'm Mr. Lonely. Wish I had someone. To call on the phone I'm a soldier A lonely soldier Away from home Through no wish of my own That's why I'm lonely Alright, I'm, I'm just going to tell you I'm Mr. All right. Lonely when you're sitting over in a foxhole somewhere Don't in a hut and it's pouring down and you can hardly hear anything in the world because the rain is beating against the metal, I'm just telling you, that song will grab you by the throat. Yeah, that's, that's a good point is that I wish that everyone, uh, especially just this time of year, just remember those guys that are over there fighting for us and uh, and and because they are, they are over there by themselves. Yes. And their family, with their their fellow yeah, soldiers, their, their families, families are by themselves. by themselves also. And that's uh, that's why Russ and myself believe so strongly in playing those yeah. those messages from mm-hmm. overseas because they really are a connection back home. While you're mm-hmm. cutting that, you feel the guys are sitting there, and you're you know we we moved into doing video as well as doing uh, uh, audio, and they were so nervous. They want they do they had like. 20 seconds yeah this to try to say to their family say i love you i miss you mm-hmm. big deal wow. it is it is i can wow. remember it man i mean I, that's like yesterday for me <laughs> when i was a much younger man at that time but that's a great song yeah that was bobby vinton's number two song I was looking at it. I, I could see how that could even affect the people yeah, back you, home. I was around during the Vietnam. I was yeah. just, uh, I was one of the kids at home, very young. Yeah. But I was one of the kids at home you know. uh, when my dad was stateside, but he was still gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Vince's he was still number gone one song. Gone is Roses I was more like Run Through the Jungle and uh, Marvin Gaye and CCR. <laughs> oh, yeah. I yeah. love Marvin yeah. Gaye. had a bunch of, like, All what's the war going songs. on? What's yeah. going yeah. on by Marvin Gaye? Anti-war songs. <laughs> anti-war songs. Those are yeah. anti-war songs. I mean, Credence, almost everything they sang yeah. was yeah. anti-war. Uh, Dave, was Free to Pain. Yeah. Uh, bring, bring Them Back Alive. Yeah. Bring the boys home. Bring the boys home. What was your most famous song? Huh? Free to Pain, what was her number uh, one song? I think Bring Them Back Alive, Bring no. the Boys Home. Band of Gold, man. The Gold? 
I don't know. I don't remember I, that one. I need is a band of gold. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, that was Neil Young, Heart of Gold. No, no, no. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> different, different time, different uh, song. I you mean, can tell what era I came in. I, I love about that band, band, of band, of band of Gold. Band of Gold was a great song. That was a great song. Was Neil Young did some protest songs, too. Oh, yeah. Jimi Hendrix songs, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Purple Haze. Man. Wow. I watched a special on HBO last night and if you haven't seen it you should because a lot of people when i say this group's name go what yeah it's it's called staying alive with the bgs oh yeah oh, oh man that's and right. it's that about the, the bgs the history of the bgs mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of people don't spirits have flown was that album well they don't <laughs> remember they don't remember the whole thing about their early stuff no, that man. they did lonely yeah. days lonely nights yeah, yeah. All, all of that stuff all right well, that because they remember them from the disco craze oh yeah that's when they're doing I yeah, that's well, what you were referring that to was such a time. huge yeah, album yeah, saturday night fever but here's what was wild um Artie, you're gonna like this i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna change i'm gonna chase a rabbit just for a second all right <laughs> okay. uh robert stigwood who was you know they were hooked to them as the record producer basically and the owner of the uh, stigwood rsl records and uh, he uh, had come up he had read this article about what they were doing in new york city on saturday nights and uh and and, you know a saturday night fever going on Mm -hmm. at clubs now disco got started in all the gay clubs that's where it started at but then it went mainstream and it got huge. I mean, Studio Fifty Four and all the rest of it. But uh, they 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 were going to make this movie and the Bee Gees were hot again. They yeah. come out with Jive Talk and some second other songs. Career. And they yeah, it was their second incarnation, and uh, people were were all over. They loved them, and uh, so they said. Uh, Stigwood calls them and said, "We need some songs for this movie." because it's going to be kind of a musical, but a drama, too, and blah, blah, blah. Sent them the script. They didn't even read the script. They sent a, they sent a cassette back to them and said, what do you think about these? And on that cassette, back to back to back, we're like, how deep is your love? And then uh, then they had uh, Saturday Night Fever, or Night Fever <clears throat> is what the name of the song is. And on... They had six songs back to back to back. Wow. Barry Manilow was a genius. All of them were number hits. one hits. Wow. Yeah, I Barry, remember those songs. Barry Manilow. Not Barry Manilow, but uh, Barry, Barry Gibbs. 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 Barry Gibbs. Gibbs was a genius. He wrote songs for everybody. I mean, he was a songwriter. Yeah, he was. He's the only one still alive. Yeah. Maurice is dead. Yeah. Robin's dead. Of course, their youngest brother, brother. is dead. Robin. Was it Robin Gibbs? Who was the youngest brother? I the youngest brother, but I, I know. Yeah, he... He just got the taste of the good life and uh, snorted it all yes, up his yeah, nose. Yeah. It killed him. Yeah. Died of a heart attack. Because Disco and the other part of that was skating. Yeah, that was a big deal. Was what? Skating. Skating. Yeah. Roller skating. Yeah. The disco, Inline yeah. skating. Yeah. Yes. That's when it, it really started coming Man, in. Man, it was, it was hot in Little Rock. Uh, you had several skating rinks that were, I mean, on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday night. Oh, it was full. Oh, gosh. It was Even full. on in Benton there at the skating rink there yeah. on South Street. It, and I'll tell you what, if you were an amateur night. when they played 
those some of those discos songs like that, you better get off the floor. You're yeah. going to get run over. Yeah, people get out there. I mean, the clubs were huge. Oh, you know, huge. get out and do the hustle and the line dances and everything. Remember the old lighted dance floor? And oh yeah, like that. They yeah. Had, they had that was over. a big deal from Saturday Night Fever. Was that lit dance floor? Had, yeah, yeah. They had a place over Memphis called the X and the light, the ball. The big ball. Yeah. And they the had the ball, but they had that, that dance floor that just, you know, which the flashing lights, the different color okay, lights now, on it. We were a lot lighter <laughs> uh, at that time, Wayne. Did you did you wear a leisure suit? Hey, I had the Lebanese tennis shoes and, the you know, the high heel. There you go. You know, that's the, what I was just about. The, the big <laughs> wide collars. Yeah, the gold collars. You destroyed all those pictures. And that the big bell bottoms. I'm watching Heidi, and she's going, these people are crazy. <laughs> no, no, she's going, these people are old. <laughs> like, yeah, they're old <laughs> that's yeah. what the Heidi is saying. Now, yeah. now you look at our gray hair and beards and bald heads and stuff like yeah. that. You know what industry was not doing well? The diet industry, <laughs> yeah, because man, you know all the dancing and roller skating and well, you know, now, all that. look, Jamie Lee Curtis and Jane Fonda were doing oh, yeah. well on the workout were, videos the workout at that videos. time. You know, man. buns of steel. Remember that? Yeah. I can remember oh, yeah. we, them. Here. I, I still have that video. <laughs> look at our physical. Yeah, yeah. that makes this me think of that. Political show. Come on, ladies. Come on. Yeah, I've learned by now. If I make a reference to music, you know what I learned today? When I was young, at those places, I used to watch Soul Train all the time. Oh man, man, I used to watch them doing that line dance, and I was saying. I can do that. Yeah. Brother Cornelius, brother, let me yep, tell yep, you. Yep, yep. Soul yeah. Train. Soul Train. You got to like yeah. Soul Train. That was great stuff. I grew up outside of Chicago, so I'm going to tell you what. You know, black music, big deal. You know who was, was on Soul Train? Who was that? Walter Payton. <laughs> was he well, really? Well, he danced, too. Oh, yeah. You go oh. back. Just, well, just he had go- the moves on the oh, football yeah. oh, field. Well, they, <laughs> I don't know <laughs> if he got him from the dance floor or the football field yeah. to the dance floor. I don't know which direction it went in, but he was on there, man. He was he was doing it, too. He was getting it, huh? <laughs> See, Olivia, Olivia Newton-John was a big deal during oh, yeah. all that time. She she was did physical and... and uh, and did some, physical, and uh, she physical. did uh, what Zana do yeah. with the Bee Gees. Yeah. She did Zana do with the Bee Gees oh, yeah. and yeah. a bunch yeah. of that yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah, that whole thing. Again. Let's get physical. There were tons of young American willing men that would have gotten <laughs> physical with Olivia Newton-John. I'm just telling you. I think you're taking she that was a little too far. <laughs> <laughs> she was. I know I'm not. She's she was from Australia, just like the Bee Gees. Yeah, were. They were ne- yeah. I'll never forget really? when she first yeah. hit. But yeah, I honestly love Australia. you. Remember that song? I honestly love you. No, yeah, I just, just a kid. I just knew her, her, the, uh, her, the, her music from the movies. And then on the album cover was that picture of her with the Daisy Dukes. Mm-hmm. And I'm just telling you, they're not a red-blooded American boy that didn't just stop dead in their tracks when they saw that. She's a beautiful woman. She was. Maybe we were Still the is. Daisy Duke generation. Yeah. <laughs> that was, I was 74, 75 around yeah. there. Yeah, that's right. Disco craze. <laughs> yeah, I was. 76, the disco craze really hit. 79, that's when Captain Whammo blew all the out, the records up with Disco Sucks in uh, Comiskey Park. Wow. When mm. that happened. Oh, what, was the, what was the lady's name? Uh, she was a disco queen. We're live on Facebook. Welcome to the show. We, we've had some problems. Evidently, the internet had problems. So uh, you, 
I hope you've been listening on the radio. Or if you missed some really good discussion here, the and, and now you can see RD's expression <laughs> while he's saying, "I got up early in the morning to come here and talk about disco." <laughs> so they, they, uh, Donna Summers, could you play her oh, her yeah. record on on the radio? Which one? Love to love you, baby. Yeah, that would be tough. That's an early. That's I think an early she wrote one. that song in about three seconds yeah. because that's the only thing it love says on the whole. Song. Yeah, that song was a great song. Yeah, the bad girls. That yeah. was all oh, about was the sex trade. Yeah. I mean, that's all that was about. Yeah. I think her, 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 her mother wasn't too happy about that. She's, yeah. She was a performer. Now. Oh yeah, she was. Yeah, she died too young too. Way too I mean, young. He really did. She was Way very, young. very talented. Oh, yeah. 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 I didn't she think was he... like your late 50s. Yeah, 50s. I think, 50s, I think she right? yeah, mid, mid to late 50s. Yeah. One. yeah. She was a performer in the day. Mm-hmm. It's like Gloria Gaynor. Voice. Yeah. But Gloria Gaynor. Radio was her song that I liked. On the radio. Yeah. Donna, yeah, Donna yeah. Summers yeah, Donna Radio. Summers. That was the song. That's great, great That's song. a good song. But, uh, yeah, the, the Gloria Gaynor. Yeah, more than three words I say, I can say her name, and most people know that we're, you know. I yeah. shall survive. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! You know she did, and who was it? Alicia Bell. Ring my bell. Alicia no, Wood. No. Uh, Alicia ring Wood. my bell. Ring my bell. Yeah. I tell you the, the, the and intro. They didn't mean that, that she had a bell there. Yeah, yeah that was the thing. It was big. That's when that's when synthesizers were all coming. Oh, anyway. Man. I know you're driving into work. There's a lot of you that were spurring memories to you right now. What was the club that was here in Little Rock? Anita Ward. Anita Ward. That's Anita right. Ward. You're right. Yeah. Uh, they had a big, big club here. Uh, Wayne used to be my producer at the other station, and he was the disc jockey there. Really? And he used to tell me stories and the drug deals that went down <laughs> over that place. What you know, was that I, there was wasn't that one. Called? There wasn't a club in Stone County, Arkansas. Believe it or not, <laughs> there was. It was not. There was. Not Mount. No, 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 not Mountain Home. Well, we had that up there. Huh? I was in college during those days, so we didn't really I have a, a lot of working. clubs to go to. I was to. working the clubs at that time <laughs> as a DJ. That's well, what was I was the doing. Name of that club here in Little Rock was it chess, Check, checkers. It's it was like a game. Didn't they have some shootings over there? Yes. Yeah. It's a club, Seems Wayne. Like it was a big club. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I remember. They still have shootings over there. That's probably why I never no went there. required. Uh, All right. We got to get a break. I got to get a break in. <laughs> if you remember the name of the club here in Little Rock, give me a call. 823-0965. 823-0965. It was a hot spot from what I understand. My, uh, my old producer used to tell me about it. All right. Uh, healthy volunteers still need it. For this COVID-19 vaccine clinical research study, uh, there's still other drugs uh, that uh, are being developed for COVID-19, although uh, Pfizer, I believe, is being shipped today. Uh, they expect that uh, millions of doses will be out. Uh, yep, it's on television right now. Arriving today, they're talking about it in Tampa, Florida today. Tampa General Hospital received vaccine today. It's going out all over the United States the study is enrolling right here in Little Rock. If you want to help them research an investigational vaccine for COVID-19, then you can participate in a clinical test. You'll have access to no-cost study-related care. You'll also have the opportunity to help advance COVID-19 research. No insurance is required to take part. If you're an adult who's in good or stable health, you may be able to qualify. If you're interested in learning more, call 501-954-7822 
or go online to the letter C, the number 19, vaccinestudy.com. That's C19vaccinestudy.com or 501-954-7822. Dan Sullivan sent out a press release today. Let me read it to you. He's state senator up in Jonesboro. In his uh, 1210 speech to the citizens of Arkansas, Governor Hutchinson said the legislature has been good partners throughout the current emergency. That statement by the government suggests that he has been working with us on equal footing, but it has been a limited partnership, and we have been largely silent partners. Now the governor suggests that the General Assembly meet as a committee of the whole to affirm his assumption of absolute and unbounded authority in dealing with COVID-19. We certainly appreciate the governor's recognition that the legislature has an essential role. However, it's not to affirm the assumption of total authority the government has, uh, the governor has exercised since March, but to review proposed rules issued by the Department of Health. We welcome the governor's invitation to engage in a partnership with his administration in taking on the difficult but the essential task of addressing the COVID-19 epidemic, we are and have always been willing to work with the governor to address COVID-19, but not on the terms as set out in his address. We do not intend to affirm the governor's actions in assuming authoritarian rule. Arkansas has and does the United States, as does the United States, a Republican form of government. Power derives from the consent of the, the legis- of the governed, and the legislature is the most representative branch. If the governor is serious about involving the legislature, he should terminate the emergency order and allow uh, and follow Arkansas law to deal with the health care emergency as it is set out in the Administrative Procedure Act. He should order the Secretary of the Department of Health to submit the directive guidelines to the Legislative Council as required by law and allow us to vote on each and every one to assure that each is necessary and fairly implemented with an eye on health care as well as the preservation of fundamental rights and freedoms in accordance with our oaths of office. It is only then that the governor's vision will be realized, allowing us to get through this crisis together. In the next hour, I'll write with Senator Alan Clark had to say about this exact issue. I've told you that uh, when the uh, General Assembly got together in January, it was going to get heated. And it's uh, going to, it's already heated. It's going to come to a boiling point. I've talked to a lot of, uh, uh, several legislators, and they're, they're pretty upset with the governor right now. It's not just, just the two that are most vocal. But uh, if you talk to them, they're, they're not very happy with the governor right now. And uh, I don't know if the only place he may get that that support he's talking about is is uh, from his water boys and water girls up there, and that's that's uh, because it's not it's not a, uh, a representative government. No, government it's not like what it. it's supposed to be at no. all. And the fact is, I I actually caught the governor breaking breaking a law that he signed last year. Yeah, Wayne, talk a little bit about that. We got we got about a minute and a half, real okay. quick, real quick. I went to the Benton Vent Center whenever they had a uh, – uh, it was supposed to be a public meeting, a community meeting talking about the COVID. And the governor – and there was people standing out of the parking lot one thing, and then they, they – uh, the only ones that they were allowing in there were invited guests and the media. Well, the media got in there, and, and I looked around, and, and nobody 
hardly in the room. In fact, his governor said at the very front of the meeting, at the very beginning of the meeting, he said, we, we've got plenty of room between us. said, so we can pull our mask off. Okay? Now, there's people standing outside waiting to get in. Just want to hear what's going on and maybe have some input. That question well, that's what he, the governor said he wanted was input for that's the people. That's right, but he wanted input from just certain people. He didn't want input. I did not see a single person in that room that was, was represented, that was a small business that had been hurt by this pandemic, that was represented there that had any skin in the game. And when, I think everybody has skin in the game, and I think that was a big mistake. I'll tell you. Now, you're going to talk about it next hour. Yeah. There's a lot to talk about about this. Because you, as a citizen of Arkansas, have not been represented well by the governor of the state. So we'll talk about that when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Stick around. Got a lot more coming right after the news with our power panel. continuing here uh, on, on all of this. Dan Sullivan sent me that. I wanted to read it to you. Uh, it popped up uh, in my Twitter account. He said, others who signed uh, the press release, the Representative Dan Sullivan, and that was what I read to you. Representative Mary Bentley, uh, Representative Justin Gonzalez, Representative Josh Miller, mm-hmm. Representative John Payton, Representative Marcus Richmond and Representative Brant Smith. Mm-hmm. Those were all signed right. uh, signatories on that piece I read you. I promise I read to you what Alan Clark has. Things are getting wild. I'm just getting they're getting going to be tough on the the governor. And I'm look. Have I not talked about this? Have mm-hmm. we not talked about this? Mm-hmm. I said as having all the power that he used to have, he doesn't have any longer. And now there's people that are starting to question uh, about what's going on. I mean, I remember when on his first term uh, and they had the General Assembly and and everybody was all in on everything he wanted to do, even things that were not really conservative in nature. And uh, I said it was going to be that way until he got to his last two years. Nobody wants to to take him on because if you do, you lose any – you know, monies that are coming into your county and stuff. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't have any, you know, being from Stone County or being from Lone Oak County, uh, I don't have any respect for anybody that's going to stand up whenever they have nothing to lose uh, or anybody that's not going to stand up when they think that may cost them some money from from the party or it may cost them a candidate that's going to get ran against them because this governor, whenever he goes to take power and have the people to get his agenda done, he has been relentless. I mean, yes, he, he, has. he has been relentless. He was, calling, he was calling legislators, you know, candidates before the election. 
Right. And and his group has even backed some Democrats that would vote closer to well, what they did. would want what, what they would want. So the group has even backed Democrats. They have put Democrats in charge of committees mm-hmm. that they wanted their health care Obamacare bills passed through. So I mean, there is no boundaries. How about line item vetoes whenever you pass a bill that defunds something, and then when it gets on your desk, you draw a line through it and change but the nature of 180 about, degrees? But that's what I'm talking about, Nobody would challenge him No, on they that would not. Because they were afraid of him and the power that the governor's office has. And anybody that would not do it then would do it, that, but do it now? I'm sorry. It's just like that meeting I went to, is that he wouldn't let any citizens in there he had yeah, he, go ahead and talk about that again <laughs> okay he wouldn't let any citizens in there but he sure let the there was, there was the rules guy there was the rules and regulations uh-huh. guy they had the hospital big hospital conglomerate there uh-huh. and then they had they had our uh our representative they had uh kim hammer and and uh lanny fight and and um um jeff airy the county judge here but they, I didn't see a single person that was represented that that was represented there that actually represented a small business, a school, you know, a teacher. I didn't see any of those people, and they all have skin in the game. Now this was a public meeting. It, it was, was publicized as a public meeting. The news media is there. Mm-hmm. They're there for about ten minutes. The governor says a few things, and then he tells them to leave the room. Uh. Wow. That's that's the thing. Tells them to leave the room. They go outside. They shut the doors. And they have a closed-door meeting. Okay? And I went back out there. And I talked to the media. I says, what what happened to the First Amendment, you know, freedom of the press? I said, how come? You need to ask the governor why he had you leave the room. You need to ask the governor why he, had the, uh, why he had those people out there, and we had plenty of room in there. Well, they asked that the first question when we went in. You know what his response was? I didn't want to spread the virus. Now I want you to look. I saw that. You know how big the Benton Event Center is. You oh, you yeah. never play. You didn't have a basketball game in there. If right? you open up all of the meeting rooms, which <laughs> is more huge. than one court in there, yeah. and you got seventeen people standing outside that would like to come in, and they're not letting them come in. Right? He's afraid of us. He's afraid of letting us speak. Well, he, he just doesn't controls want, the narrative. I don't think he he's can. even afraid of you. I think he's afraid of having to answer questions that he has no control. Well, that's right. Let me ask you something. And I asked him, I said, Governor, I said, why did Because they all asked him, and they came back to me, and I stopped him. I said, Governor, why, why did you run the press out after they've been in here 15 minutes? And you said, I know you said that it was because you didn't want to spread the virus. I know that's not it. And he looked at me and said, the governor has power has that power mm-hmm. and i went wow. mm. and i, and I also like have him, a pen wow. and a I, also, I also asked him <laughs> let me tell you something <laughs> i also asked him i said <laughs> i said do you know do you know that that uh you that under uh act 1028 that you signed last year last session that all meetings all public meetings have to be recorded archived and available to the public right and that wasn't recorded right he broke that law when does the governor get to break the law hey anytime he wants to just about how about you know in the in the constitution it also says that elected officials are not supposed to campaign for other elected officials on state time i I mean the the (laughs) laws are for people like me and you is who the laws are for you and i have seen you and i have 
you and I have seen a campaign against. Oh, oh yeah, the most. And he says he's conservative, and then you got the two most conservative senators in the state, right? Linda Collins and Brian King, two most conservative, one and two, just like that. And he's running people against him. Hey, it's right? called power, and it's been going on for a long time. But I guarantee you, uh, and, and he plays that, the that's game. That's not all. He that's not all. Game. You got to yeah. hear this. Down in District Twelve, I found out that that he was him. Basically, he he refused to to uh, endorse the Republican candidate, right? And Jim Henry was supporting the Democrat candidate as well. Oh, yeah. oh I read we that on the air. I'm telling you, I read the just imagine how those county committees, the Republican uh-huh. county committees, have been busting their tail to raise money and man the phone banks and everything else to try to get their people elected. Yeah. They, I tell you that. They're not welcome back down in District 12. That's that's something that also needs to come up is, this, you know, the Speaker of the House, we're talking about we don't have an equal balance of powers at the state capitol right now, and hope the hopefully the legislature will kind of balance things out a little bit from the years of Democrats. But the Speaker of the House has too much power also to appoint all the people that's head of all the committees and everything. So you get the governor and the Speaker working together, and you pretty well run in the show. You want to see something? Look who's on that ethics committee. Yes, you know Senator Senator uh, uh, Hendren up there. He basically got the judge gave gave uh, issued a one point one million dollar judgment against him for running basically a slave operation using he was using uh, drug rehab people in his own business. Mm-hmm. Wow, to operate his own business. Yeah, up there in Northwestern, right, uh, Indiana. Remember, G- he, wow. Well, he's basically. I mean, he could be indicted. He broke the law basically. An appointment law or whatever and and then but the thing is he was basically charged with that and basically indicted but it was a civil case but if you wanted to they could have they could have got him on a criminal charge but they didn't all right before i before i go into the break here let me read what uh, senator alan clark posted on his Facebook. i love that man he's, he's, he says one of the things i despise in politics is artificial deadlines Another is being given orders by those who have no authority to give them. One of the biggest is completely ignoring the checks and balances of constitutional government. The latter is what we have done since May. And that's why I signed on with Dan Sullivan, State uh, State Senator Dan Sullivan, on that lawsuit. Because you were not being given a voice because the legislature had been basically told that I don't need you, I'll take care of all this by the governor. He won't meet with them either. There is no way we should have continued in an emergency past 60 days with one branch of government running everything with no balance. Let me just tell you, it was more than just one branch of government. It was one group within the state government, the the health department that was running uh, the state. After continuing in an emergency from March until now, the legislature, who previously was shut out every way possible, is now told via a TV address to the public that if they do not meet by December 31st to ratify the governor's emergency, they are basically negligent. Even department heads were ordered not to attend meetings during the emergency. Did you know about that? We talked about that on the air here, too. Others attended but only had an hour before a doctor appointment or some other excuse (laughs) to leave after legislators drove from the four corners of the state. Now we are basically ordered to meet. 
just uh, which just happens to be days before we do meet, and since we will be in session, have real power for the first time since this started. What a coincidence. The governor didn't want us to meet. There have been lots of requests for a special session from the Chamber of Commerce, legislators, and others. Now we must meet, all caps on him. Just days before we do meet, only we need to meet in a meeting where we can do nothing rather than wait a few days until we can do a lot. Seems pretty plain. Uh, it is in no way for the benefit of the legislature, uh, legislature or the people of the state. If we need an emergency for the next month, it seems pretty clear if the governor could do it for the last nine months without us, he can do it for one more. No need for political theater. Not on our part, anyway. Good good piece from, uh, uh, of course, Alan Clark, state senator. Break at 17 after 7. Don't forget about PI Roofing. They want to be your roof leak detective. They want to find out any problems you might have with your uh, your roof. And I'll tell you what, you probably found maybe some, if you got some yesterday, it rained and rained and rained, at least at my house it did. I kind of started feeling like, you know, pig pen, you know, with that cloud over his head. I started feeling like that, but with rain, I mean, it just kept raining yesterday. I couldn't believe how much it rained yesterday. But my roof is in good stead because the folks at PI Roofing take good care of my roof. They've been out. They've been walking on it. Although I do know that next year we have any kind of, uh, you know, weather event, probably going to have to put a new roof on the house after 18 years. So and that's about right. You have to do that. But the next roof will probably be the final roof that I'll ever have to put in because the way they got things set up, uh, it's going to be pretty cool as far as, you know, 30 years and lifetimes on warranties, on, on uh, shingles and things of that nature. Work with the best. Protect your home with the best. Uh, know that they're going to, uh, you know, keep the COVID-19 uh, protocols in place. That's PI Roofing, 707-3551 is their number. Same number I call, 707-3551 or piroofing.com. And you just mentioned something during the break that keep in mind, all right, Trump is actually bringing the guys he home is. in a responsible way from Afghanistan mm-hmm. and whatnot. It's time to come on. It's home. time to come home. Man. I mean, it's been twenty years. Come on, thirty. It's, yeah, it's not going to get any better over there. The Russians found that out real fast. You know, the tribalism over there is just the way it is. It's going to be that way. Here's what would be interesting, guys. Let's, let me just bring up a, a point for you. It won't be people sidling up against the governor, all mm-hmm. right? He's only got two years to go. Only if they want something really right now will they be talking closely to him. Whomever the people think has a good chance running for governor in 2022, you watch how many people start attaching their wagons to, to their way, not necessarily because the person who's running wants their wagon attached to them, but they're going to start, you know, trying to find favor. Make career moves. This it's is the way, it's the way politics works. Mm-hmm. Politics is about power. And, uh, and that doesn't, it means some people will use it responsibly, some won't. I tend to think that there's some people over there that will do a responsible job, and I've been follow, following them and have been backing them for years here on this station. 
Uh, some I don't trust as far as I could throw them, to be honest with you. I'd like to thank uh, Tim Griffin for the last time we had the show last week to come out against hate crime laws and come out against red flag laws. By the so, way, so did David Ray. He so got a hold of me. David, told Ray, that. David Ray. Well, hey, we... We expect that from David Ray. He He's a good conservative, with, so with we Tim. expect that. But and uh, but you know, the governor still got some time there, and uh, we appreciate Tim taking well, a stand on those two important sure issues. Are. The more I listen to it, though, I don't see where they think they have the shot that they think they have well, to get this passed. I suspect it's going to be DOA before you know. Before it's already. It well, sure sounds yeah. like to me. We have not seen this governor. He has been good not get his agenda done yet on anything that that was major that he set out position right exactly so you know i hope you're right because the hate crimes law is very much a freedom issue that we will lose yep so we don't need to lose any more freedom in the red flag laws oh no you know that's another freedom issue so uh, he hasn't mentioned red flag laws lately, but the hate crime laws, the gauntlet has been thrown down on the hate crime law. So get ready to roll up your sleeve. There's about to be a fight on that deal. Yeah, you know? there's, there's going to be some but, fighting uh, dealing with it. Well, you, you look who was put on the Judiciary Committee. Is, is it been that, put on the committee? Who says? Uh, hate crime law has been assigned it, to it a committee. It may be on the Judiciary it Committee. Be, the okay. thing is, is that you look who's on there, and and uh, and it's and you got some uh, some soft shells on there, uh, Republicans, and you have and you have some uh, you have a lot of liberals. Even though the Republicans have the majority, it, it's we're going to have to stay on it. There's there's a bill that I would like to see resurrected uh, that come up, which under the past legislators. Sessions, legislative sessions did not make it, but a committee should reflect the number of Republicans and Democrats that are elected in the state of Arkansas. If you have 70% Republicans and 30% Democrat, that's what the committees should look like. Whenever we go mm-hmm. to elect the people in Arkansas, the voters elect who they want to represent them, stacking a committee or uh, uh, full of Democrats are putting a whenever we elected 70 percent Republicans or maybe even putting a Democrat chair of a committee when we elected 70 percent. Mm-hmm. So that was a bill that was presented. And uh, I think the the uh, committee should reflect the will of the voters. What do you think about that, Harrison? I think that's absolutely correct. I mean, why? In, I mean, think about it. Why in the world would we have uh, super majorities in both house and then give just give it away to the Democrat Party. Democrat Party was in control of this state for almost 130 years. Uh, solid legislator it's solid. And that's that's a lot of this big part of why we are in the mess we're in. So we've got to undo a lot of things. That's why we vote. Uh, for Republicans, and we don't vote for Republicans to keep the same Democrat philosophy alive. Do you think? Do you think? The, do you think the Democrats cut us some slack? And did that? <laughs> did you hear what I just said? Did y'all see me on Facebook? There were some deals going on, and a lot of the deals were like, "Who's going to be Speaker of the House, and who are you going to vote for for Speaker of the House?" So there's a lot of deal things going on for, for cutting, and uh, the deal making needs to be up to the voters, not the people up there yeah bottom line like i said it is about power we don't give them power to give it away 
even even for those that we like a lot, understand it's about power. They have egos. They have uh, thoughts about what they want to do in the future and things of that nature. Uh, you must stay in touch with them absolutely, and, and keep their feet on the ground, so to speak. Let's put another term. Say, we say it's about power. It, it better be about the will of the people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you something. If if you don't do politics, politics will do, do you. you. <laughs> it will do you in. That's right. Well, that's the way that it always says. You, oh, may, you may not want to deal with politics, but politics will deal absolutely. with you. They'll, pa- they'll pass a law that will affect you, yeah, you know, well, if you're not getting involved. we got 10 seconds. Well, our uh, our road tax law that we voted in, we made a state tax permanent in the Constitution that we'll never vote on again, and our legislators have no say in how that money's spent. All right, a break. Okay, so today is what? Today the 13th or 14th? It's the 14th, right? So we, we are uh, two weeks away from Christmas, is that right? Wow. Holy cow. The jolly old man. By the way, while I was at... Uh, in florida over the weekend we stopped by this nice display they had and i'll be posting pictures on facebook today uh they had a bunch of the macy's balloons on display at universal studios and santa claus was there all dressed up decked out the way santa is for macy's but he was standing up on a stage and had a mask on and if you wanted to get a picture with him you had to sit in a park bench that was probably 20 feet in front of him. With microphone in front I got of a picture of it, all right? I'll post it. You'll see it and how how they're dealing with, with all it. I thought a little far away from him, you know? So anyway, Santa was there. And it was, uh, they had the Santa, they got the Santa float from Macy's on display and all that, that Santa t- typically rides in on at the end of the Macy's parade. It was kind of cool. Drop your wish list in the box over there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Wipe it down with antiseptic first, please. <laughs> All right. Uh, don't forget, if you want some jewelry from Santa, you need to go talk to Eric Coleman over at Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. He's the best guy to go to for the best prices on diamonds, colored gemstones, getting something that's unique and special for that person in your life that, you know, you won't be sitting at some Christmas dinner and the ladies, you know, they always like to show their stuff off to to each other and then they you know they say the worst thing that can ever happen is for your wife to sit down to another wife and you both have the same dress i can only i can only imagine how difficult that can be if you have the exact same looking ring well that won't happen with hillcrest designer jewelry call him today you need to get it in the mix now you know you're running out of time 501 246 3655 501-246-3655 at 3000 Cavanaugh Boulevard right here in Little Rock. That is Eric Coleman at Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. All right, back here in the studio. Iverson Jackson has left. I just sent a picture of him to uh, uh, Elizabeth to post because Iverson is an elector, and he has gone, gone to cast his vote from the presidential election you know you vote on election day but you're really voting for electors and uh, because we have a representative you know a uh, form of government a republic and so um uh, iverson iverson's going to go vote for the president 
right now. He's on his way. I guess they're meeting over at GOP headquarters, and they're going to ferry him over to the <coughs> old uh, Sup- Supreme Court building uh, room, not building, but room in the Capitol. I think that's on the second floor, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. over on. So it's, it's, I always just say it's in on the left side. As you walk in into the Capitol, it's to your left and up the stairs. Yeah, it's next to the governor's office, I believe. It's not next to the governor's, it's on the other side. Yeah, the governor's on the opposite side. Yeah. That's right. And at the state committee, the 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 Republican Party elects the electorates. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, everyone ele- has a say in who they trust since, and who they want to send. State, that. right. That's exactly right. Since it is the way state. it works. It's how, how it happens, just so yeah. you know. And then the um, your legislature and senate get together and cast whether they agree with what the electors have uh, sent to them that won't happen for another week and that's when supposedly we'll know about who is the president because right now we still don't know we know what everybody has said is going to be the next president but we don't know whether it be biden or it will be trump um, winning his reelective bid although they took a big shot in the bow over uh, on friday when the supreme court refused to hear that texas lawsuit when you had 17 states that backed it what uh, a lot of people didn't know and want to let everybody know that the biden people of course said that this didn't have merit and you know the what was it um, they don't have standing who did that deal with uh tech with te- well it was with texas but the, the states that they were going after you know, uh, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, and all the rest, uh, they made the statement. They had 22 states that supported them, saying that, you know, that that, uh, Texas shouldn't be heard. Now, to be interesting, what happens? I mean, the president can still come back and make himself the litigator on this. I mean, uh, and at that point, the president always has standing. That's what I'm saying, is that the Texas, I think it was just poorly uh, styled, that, that lawsuit, and I think because it's kind of like one person brought it up is that my my mother, this this girl's mother, wants her daughter to get a divorce, right? Because she thinks that that guy is a bad guy that he, she married. Well, her mother doesn't have standing in this. However, if the president comes back, he has standing in it. Well, it was going to go that way anyway. It is about power and uh when the Supreme Court refused to hear it, I don't think they could have written it any way to, get, still, to, to get it heard. I, yeah. It's too controversial, and uh, and uh, everybody says, hey, you know, the country needs stability. We're not going to do the election over again. So as far as I'm concerned, it's already gone down the pipe. I'm sorry to be a naysayer. Are you but, being uh, negative here? Yeah, I'm be, I'm being You're negative. always being negative. <laughs> but hey, so it, it it would be a worldwide phenomenon. It's it's already too Get far down the pot, <laughs> guys. Deal. With, I, I'm a, re, a realist. You're, I'm a realist. It's like, hey, guys, let's go on. Let's move on. Well, the um, <laughs> the thing is that if Biden is elected. I think that uh, uh, we're going to have to be very vigilant and be right on calling out everything that boy does. That that seems to be on the progressive side. Uh, 
we're going to have to be just like we were before. That, that's uh, true. Uh, you got to be gearing up to come back, but the media will not be doing it for us. Oh, the me- no. The media, Except the Dave Ellsworth show. Yeah. The media out there has, you know, successfully uh, interfered with this election by putting out propaganda. They, they were successful in their propaganda Reduce, tool. You know, refusing to, uh, you know, report the news. Censoring the truth. So yeah. they've basically framed what we, we what people call, they framed the president of what type of person he is and what his agenda is. And You just don't win an election in your basement. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> and, you know, they cheated enough, but hey. I always look what I can do different when I go up next time when I lose is what could I have done different. And one thing is you don't make it that close. It doesn't need to be that close next time to where 5% cheating can make a difference. I'm going to bring a subject to the fore here. It was uh, brought up over the weekend, and uh, it was the chairman of the Republican Party of Texas. Everybody knows who, West. who that is. It's West, yes. Chairman Allen West. And uh, here's here's the question. Questions that he's in. There there must be, or a shaking out in the United States. Mm. Is the union going to survive? I think it's a legitimate question. I want to talk about it here uh, today uh, in the last few minutes of this hour. But I'm going to pick up and we're going to talk about it a lot at six o'clock tonight. And here's what he said. He says. Perhaps law-abiding states should bond together and form a union of states that will abide by the Constitution. It's an interesting question, and it's one that needs to be discussed, and we're going to do that. When we come back, i got to remind you about uh, my good old buddy uh, David Lucas. He's trying to, you know, sound a warning horn to you, saying that if uh, you're going to retire in the next five years— and if you're wanting to, uh, you could overlook or underestimate one little thing, and it could totally derail your whole retirement. Learn how you could avoid that with a free guide, the Ultimate Retirement Planning Checklist from David Lucas Financial and Little Rock. This comprehensive 31-point checklist could be the single most important tool that could help ensure that you're covered all of your bases. And uh, don't make any mistake. Uh, if you're watching here on uh, the uh, Facebook, here it is right here. That's what it looks like. All right, you can get one of these free, and you should get one. Uh, all you have to do is be one of the first 10 callers at 501-222-3315. That's uh, 501-222-3315. Uh, this free checklist is the result of decades of financial planning experience from working with thousands of families to get your free secured retirement planning checklist again call 501-222-3315 investment advisory services offered through david lucas financial and arkansas registered investment advisor now as soon as we put back the studio uh, together again we'll be back here with the dave ellswick show just saying all right so let's talk about Alan West, you remember, Alan West was, uh, everybody wanted him on radio back uh, about eight years ago, ten years ago. And uh, in a statement decrying the Supreme Court's ruling that rejected Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton's lawsuit, which asked the high court 
Uh, I hate this. I hate text. I, I hate these phones. They decide to throw. I don't care. I, I'm not looking to be a. I'm a congratulations, LGV30 users in celebration of reaching one trillion Google searches. Uh, you you won something. Uh, so I'm trying to get back to the story I was at. Must be the left doing it. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, bottom line is the story that came out dealing about Alan West, and now I got it back up again. He made the statement after, as he was making his statement about the decision. said, the decision establishes a precedent that says states can violate the U.S. Constitution and not be held accountable. This decision will have far-reaching ramifications for the future of our constitutional republic. Perhaps law-abiding states should bond together and form a union of states that will abide by the Constitution. Now, what what is he talking about here? <coughs> he is saying that because uh, of the problem of, of uh, these states having so many irregularities in the voting, uh, that... It caused problems for the other states' votes to count the way that they should count, mm. and thus the uh, the election should have been, you know, they shouldn't have counted their votes in the election, basically because they were changing their own state laws, you know, just, just willy like, nilly. Just like Pennsylvania's original constitution yeah. said, did you vote in person or you vote with an absentee ballot? For and it has to have a reason that you you missed. That's it. They didn't say anything about mail in things. They changed the 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 law or the what was it the election commission changed the law and that's you can't do that. It's a it's already in the constitution how to do it. We have the state constitution right. They broke the state constitution yeah. in their state, but and if you, you break your constitution, what they're saying is then you're breaking the the federal constitutional. Exactly. Uh, you know, laws that affect all the states. And it's a, it's a legitimate argument. Sure. And it's something. Our elected officials are more serious now than ever. You know, it's, it's a little scary when he says, well, the, well, the republic basically says, will the republic survive? And does do states need to bind together? States need to stand on their own two feet. States need to stand up for the Constitution and stand up for what's right. And uh, we need to have elected officials. Your county officials are important. Your city officials are important. If something comes from Washington that is unconstitutional, if something comes from Washington that takes our Second Amendment rights away from us, something comes from Washington that takes our state rights away from us, then states are going to have to stand up. That's right. But we need to do it. We need to do it by state. We have control over this state. We need to have county, city state people that's going to have the backbone to stand up and they say they're going to do it with a checkbook we are no they're going to have to do it is you're going to say They've hey doing you're it. not going to get your dhs money unless you do you confiscate all magazines that we are over are. 10 rounds of magazines well we're 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 a debtor state exactly right so the question is have we elected people when it comes to the federal government cutting out our dhs money our obamacare money that we've got coming or what else do we have people that says our freedom is not for sale and we're going to stand up for our rights you know so that's that's the question so every position is important in that position Mm -hmm. 
So you not agree? This, this emergency order uh, was to invalidate ballots from Georgia, Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. If they themselves can't even say whether they were legitimate or not, then it affects every state in the union at that point because it, they have a equal call and who's going to be the president. Same thing happens in the state level, too. If you think about it, you know, municipality says we're not going to do that, right? We're going to pass an ordinance basically that we're going to buy the Bill of Rights. Ask him up in Vietnam. Hmm? You know, go <laughs> head up to, you know, to uh, Vietnam and how they, you know, they tried to put new laws in and the, the legislature says you can't do that because we have state law that supersedes the local law. Mm-hmm. Period. Yeah, there, there, there is a pecking order, but sometimes if if the upper one is is bucking it, then you have to stand up and 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 stand your ground. And uh, well, I me. hope that we have people. Whenever these people, I'm telling you, Antifa that all that is all for defunding the police, they're for defunding the police that they can't control. They do want police people, but they want federal police that they can tell what to do will do what the federal government tells them to. They're trying to turn up the water a little bit at a time, so don't think there's not an overall agenda. Your local officials are important. we got to keep things local. They want that centralized power. Exactly. Centralized power. Rather than having power at the local levels and things. That's that the prevents, plan. That prevents the centralized powers when you have power at all those little other levels down below it. When centralized power tries to go over their authority and take control of our local power, we're going to have local people that says this is not your department. That's okay, right. So on this Texas, you know, proposal that went before the Supreme Court and, and they, they wouldn't hear it, quote, the Supreme Court in tossing the Texas lawsuit that was joined by 17 states and 106 U.S. congressmen have decreed that a state can take unconstitutional actions and violate its own election law, resulting in damaging effects on other states that abide by the law while the guilty state suffers no consequences. That's important. Carol is out and rolling. Let's get her on real quick. Carol, I got about two minutes left. What do you have for us today? You there, Carol? Okay, I'm not hearing Carol, so evidently we she's not on the line there, Heidi. Not hearing her. Call back. So we just need have her call back. So we'll we'll try to get her later, but we can't hear Carol uh on the phone. So that's the bottom line on it. This big this was a big deal. It really was, the Texas lawsuit. I thought it had some legitimate merit. It's just that they filed it wrongly and it's look, if you want to do something with the Supreme Court, you gotta Cross your T's and dot your I's and get it right. Well, Ted Cruz, he ought to know. He ought to know. Ted Cruz down in Texas, he ought to know. He was, I mean, he's worked in the Supreme Court before, and he's had enough cases. The people in Texas ought to ha- have their act together. Yeah. But should. I don't think there's. I don't think they could have written it anyway to get it heard. It's too hot of a potato. Well, what? Where would have had left us? I mean, I want people to think that the people who are on the right. We don't go out and burn buildings down. No. We go out and get in the streets and protest, but we do not destroy stuff. The left, not the case.
Just look at all summer long. If, have you noticed how it all summer? Uh, anyway, that went down. What would have happened if the Supreme Court said, let's hear about this? What would have happened if they had done that? Good point. All right. We'll talk more about it. Join us at 6 o'clock to hear it. That's coming up here on the Dave Ellswick Show. During this segment, we would talk about uh, the Constitution. As you know, the uh, Supreme Court refused to hear the Texas case on Friday. And the Texas case, in a nutshell, was saying if the states of Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and, and whatnot were not following their own election laws, then they were causing damage or harm to states who were following their own laws and thus uh, were invalidating the the election. Now, to get some understanding about this and why why did the government not or the Supreme Court not hear this case, we brought we're bringing on uh, Professor Nadelson. We've had him on before. He's great to have on. He, as far as I'm concerned, one of the the great constitutional authorities. Uh, out there that we can talk to. So let's talk about the Supreme Court state legislators and the responsibility to resolve contested presidential uh, votes. And, uh, Professor, thanks for being with us again. Well, thank you for having me on. I appreciate the compliments, and I didn't even have to pay anything for them. No, you didn't, and you you don't, because (laughs) they're true. I'm, I mean, it's a, it is. A, well, thank it's a, you. It's a God honest truth about that. I, I'm giving uh, your book about the Constitution to two of my friends that are are uh, law uh, people. One's a law professor, and I said, "You guys got to read this." And he, he knows what he's talking about. I'm just telling you, he knows what he's talking about. So let's let's talk about this Texas uh, uh, lawsuit that went down on Friday. Did the Supreme Court get okay. it right or wrong? Uh, they got it right for the wrong reason. And so let's go back and <laughs> unpack this. Okay. Let's go back and unpack. The uh, president, of course, is chosen by presidential electors. The, the people responsible for deciding how the presidential electors are chosen are the state legislatures. And they get that power directly from the Constitution, not from their state constitutions, not from state law. They get that power to choose presidential electors or to decide how they're going to be selected directly from the U.S. Constitution. The courts call that a federal function. Now, uh, all the state legislatures have said that the people can elect the electors within our state. However, there is a provision of federal law which says that in the event 
that the November 3rd election does not produce a clear result, then we can go back to the situation where the state legislature either appoints the electors or maybe calls a snap election. Um, the, um, uh, the argument raised by Texas was that because of election irregularities in the four defendant states, um, that the interests of Texas uh, was uh, infringed uh, because these irregularities would lead to the election of a president who wasn't really elected. Now, the court dismissed that, claiming that uh, Texas had no standing. And what standing is, is it's a legal rule uh, which ensures that the, ca- the court only hears real cases, cases such as the Constitution authorizes it to hear. And uh, to, sh- to show standing, what the plaintiff, the, te- the state has to do is it has to show that it was damaged by what the defendants did, that defendants caused the damage, and also has to show that the courts, uh, the court can relieve the situation. So what the Supreme Court uh, concluded was that Texas had not shown uh, harm. And I think that's wrong. And I think it's wrong because uh, while the state of Texas as a state probably couldn't show harm, uh, Texas made it real clear in its papers that it was also suing what's called parents patriae on behalf of its people. And certainly the people of Texas, the voters of Texas, if they had their votes nullified or uh, damaged in some way, that, that that's harm. Right. Where where the um, uh, where I think the court was right was the following. There is an effective deadline here and the effective deadline. And you may have heard this to the contrary, but believe me, <laughs> this is true. The effective deadline is today. Correct. Today is when the when the electors vote. Mm-hmm. And what, what the state of Texas was asking uh, the Supreme Court to do was to hold a hearing, make factual determinations, uh, issue uh, draft an order, issue an order, send it to the state legislatures, have the state legislatures come together, and then have the state legislatures choose electors of their own, all in the period of a week. <laughs> and there was simply no way that the court could do that. The most the court could do would be to invalidate the certifications of some of the Biden electors. But since all those defendant states only had 262 electors, that still would have left Biden with the majority of the electors chosen. So there was nothing that the court really could do to give Texas the relief it sought. All right. So it sounds like to me that the people that it would, I think that people should have realized that this was going to be a razor thin election. The left has been ta- has been trying to, you know, do this whole vote by mail thing, and there was going to be copious amounts of those votes. There was going to be, you know, bad stuff happening. I grew up by by Chicago. I know about bad stuff happening during yeah. elections. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I just think that they didn't have their T's crossed and their I's dotted and ready to go. Would you agree with that? In part. Um, I think they knew very early on that there were problems with the vote count. Um, At that point, the president needed to assemble a team that included a top civil litigator, a top PR person, maybe bring Sarah Huckabee Sanders out of retirement or whatever she's doing now, a top IT person and a top strategist. And he chose 
other people instead. Uh, Rudy Giuliani is someone for whom I have enormous respect, but I don't really think this was his thing. And so they kind of they they kind of fiddled around with this. I mean, their, their first instinct, they're lawyers, right? The first thing is let's sue. So they go into court, not realizing that, uh, well, maybe realizing the judges are really timid, but not realizing that this really needed to play out in state legislatures. And so it, I am told that after, after I wrote a column in the Epic Times saying, hey, you know, you need to be concentrating on state legislatures, that that changed their strategy. Uh, I, I can't verify that to be true, that the, my column changed the strategy, but that's what I'm told. So they then started going for the state legislatures, which, which is the, the right strategy, but it was kind of late. And the state legislatures, you know, politicians, they're timid. And in addition to that, in some states, the state legislatures were given bad advice by their own lawyers. Their own lawyers were telling them, hey, you know, you can't come into session until the unless the governor calls you into session uh-huh. or unless you have a two thirds majority or whatever, not realizing that this is an area of constitutional law where the legislature can act on its own. So they, so they, they kind of, it was kind of a game of hot potato. You know, they're switching the potato around. Every, nobody wants to hold it because it's too hot. And this game goes on without clarification for six weeks. And here we are. Yeah, we were talking about this earlier. And it seems to me, you correct me if you think I'm wrong, because you're the expert here. But I, I personally think that even the Supreme Court, to make a decision to literally invalidate an election which is kind of exactly what they would have been doing look the right the people on the right get out and protest in the streets i'm gonna you know no doubt about that but the left has been all summer long protesting in in the streets and and lighting things on fire uh you know burning down the cities taking us back to 68 again and i'm wondering if people say is it worth it it's four years, all right? Is it worth it to to maybe, you know, take a, a, a problem like this and have all of that happen for four years? And I'm, do you think that they let that run through their mind? You know, I don't know. Uh, I certainly agree with you on the left. I mean, I've been following uh, politics since the 1960s, and you're right. I mean, uh, people on the right, even though the media tries to tries to blacken us, uh, generally are, are honest, law-abiding people who respect others and respect their property. Uh, since the 60s, the left has had one vicious uh, riot after another. I mean, that seems to be the way they operate. They've got this totalitarian mindset. I suppose if the right... I suppose if the right was out there crashing, smashing stuff, I don't. Maybe that would be an effective political strategy. I don't know. One of the other problems is, of course, the left has control of the media, uh-huh. and the media still is able to affect hearts and minds. For, for example, uh, in talking to state legislators about you know their timidity about acting here, um, I could tell one of the things that they were afraid of: the media. Let's say. Wisconsin, for example. Wisconsin has a Republican legislature. I didn't talk to anybody in Wisconsin, but I'll use this as an example. The Wisconsin legislators know that they could have they could have a a torrent of evidence 
proving that the election in Wisconsin was so corrupt that we don't know who won it. Now, they don't, the state legislature doesn't have to prove that, that Trump would have won. Under federal law, they only have to demonstrate that they don't know who won, okay? They could have this torrent of evidence. They could then exercise their responsibility under federal law to either call a new election or to appoint new electors. And the mainstream media would paint it as uh, the Wisconsin legislators are overturning the will of the people. There's no evidence of fraud. And so in this media environment, uh, it's very difficult for politicians to overcome the natural timidity that they have. Mm. Makes makes sense. We're going to come back and ask you some more questions. We've got our whole power panel here, Artie Hoppers here, as well as uh, Wayne Beach. And I'd like them to get some questions in with you, Professor, as well. Stick around. That's great. Fill up your coffee cup. We'll be right back with you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. So if you've just been uh, joining us, we have uh, Professor Rob Nadelson with us. He is a constitutional scholar. And if you don't believe me, go to Amazon.com and order a couple of his books and read them and say, well, I didn't learn any of that in high school. (laughs) I'm just saying. (laughs) He'll give you all kinds of information that you've not happened. And and I I was telling you last time he's on one of my favorite books is from Heritage. And uh, it's the one that Meeks wrote. And it's just really, really good. I mean, you start digging into this stuff and there's a lot of stuff that we have never been told that's. It, it, it's like, well, Wayne, you, you, you brought this up during the break. Go ahead and ask uh, the professor. Let me, um, the thing is, you have, you said, you mentioned that it's basically up to the legislators to pick the uh, electors, right? It's up for the legislators to choose how the electors are chosen. And they can, they can, yes. They can say we're going to choose them directly. Okay. If they did that, and you're saying that would probably be political suicide for them to do that if if that state elected uh, basically uh, or, the, say, the big city in there, one big city, one or two big cities in that state, basically said uh, uh, through the mail-in voting and, and the uh, uh, that was in there and the suspected fraud, uh, that why didn't they see that up front? If they see it as, as, uh, as suspected fraud and challenge it and say, this is the way we're going to vote the electors right here, and they choose electors. Well, you, you know, you folks were talking about things we weren't weren't taught in high school. I mean, we were taught that the Constitution gives power to the legislative, executive, ju- judicial branches, right? Right. What we were never told, and what most state legislators were never told, is that the Constitution also puts the state legislatures front and center in the constitutional system. Right. Uh, the state legislatures have all sorts of I mean, they used to elect U.S. senators, right? They don't do that That's anymore, correct. but they've still got all sorts of important responsibilities. But but state legislators, I've discovered, often don't understand that. And in this case, I know for a fact that some of those legislators got bad advice from their own uh, legal counsel. Mm-hmm. Their own legal counsel was telling them, hey, you know, well, here's a here's a good example in one state. There is a provision of law which says that the electors will be chosen by the people. That's 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 a matter of law. Okay. Right. So the, the so the lawmakers uh, lawyers were telling them that means you legislators can't uh, reverse the election. You can't de- declare the election. Not true. Uh, 
uh, yeah, and it's not true. In fact, when the state legislatures act in this procedure, they don't act under the state constitution. They don't act under state laws. They act directly under the U.S. Constitution. And the Supreme Court has direct this issue has addressed this issue head on. Uh, legislators have plenary power over presidential electors. They can take back the election any time they want. There you go. But that's, that's but the crack that's in the armor. Kind of thing. That's not the kind of thing that is taught in in not just in high school. It's not even taught in law school. So that's part of the problem. Is there's an education deficit there? Okay, R.D. Uh, Mr. Nelson, thank you for being on the show. But I know you've studied history because you have to study history to get original intent. And I think original intent is very important when it comes to the Constitution. Uh, But when you study history, do you see people in judges and elected officials like a doctor look at a patient and say, I have the authority and the ability to treat this right now, but it might kill the patient right now. The best thing to do is to form a plan and come back and and get a long-term plan to solve this problem. That's what I'm hoping happens because, like you said, it's too big of a hot potato right now. It could jeopardize the republic. It could cause total chaos. But do they have the ability or do we, can we have the organization to educate everyone and come up with a plan to make sure that this doesn't happen again? I hope so. I mean, and one of the one of the key elements uh, for that education is talk radio. I mean, really, because um, mainstream media, uh, school system, and so forth are not teaching it. But but talk radio is talking about is talking about this sort of thing. Take for example the issue of mail in ballots. Okay, there is a provision in the Constitution called the same day clause. One one part of the same day clause says that Congress may designate one uniform day across the country for for the pre- presidential electors to vote for president. As it turns out, that's today. And today, no matter what you may have heard, today is in today is the drop dead date. You know, that's this correct. is really the, the elections decided today. The the um, the other part of the same day clause, though, says that Congress also can establish a uniform time by which the people vote for electors, okay? And that date this year was November 3rd. But what did we see? We saw that uh, through the use of mail-in ballots, this election stretched over as much as six weeks with different lengths of time in different states. I think that procedure is absolutely unconstitutional. Nobody particularly mentioned it was what it was being set up. I agree. But one of the things we can do for the future is we can set up a legal framework by suing if necessary, by state legislation if necessary, which says election day means election day. <laughs> it doesn't mean election season. Uh, and we can make arrangements for genuine absentee ballots. There are ways of doing it without stretching it over weeks. But um, the the current system was a violation of the Constitution, and it led to the kind of corruption and problems that the founders foresaw. One of the reasons they established a uniform time for elections is that so people didn't move from state to state casting ballots. Well, this year, that's exactly what some people did. So that's a good example of how we can plan things for the future. And that's why, and that's why, basically, elections at state level and the lower, and your uh, municipality stuff like that are so important because you don't realize how much power that they have over the even over yes. the federal government. 
That's absolutely true. I mean, I encounter this. I, I work with the Convention of States movement. You, uh, a lot. Of, I mean, something like 85, 90 percent of the people in the country want a term limits amendment, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, Congress won't propose one. The state legislatures have the power to call a convention for proposing such an amendment. But they don't realize that power. They don't understand its centrality to the constitutional system. And so when we go in and we ask them to do it, it's, gee, can we do it? You know, what's this? What's that? What's it? So we, we have to spend time over the next four years concentrating on state legislatures, concentrating on the citizenry, and giving them an accurate reading of how the Constitution works. Yeah, there's so many people who think that if we had a constitutional convention, there's going to be a runaway convention. I mean, we have talked about this ad infinitum here on this on this station because I'm all about that that convention of the states and getting it together yeah. and changing some things that need to be to need to be changed. And the states are the ones that can do it. But they're just scared. They are because they haven't been taught. I think it's things that you. Well, that you let, let me tell you um, this idea of it. It's not a constitutional convention. It's called a convention for proposing amendments. That's right, all it is. Right. That's the name, name the Constitution gives it. But what has happened is over the years, uh, opponents have developed the scare term constitutional convention. They've developed, you know, this this narrative, this story about how it can run away. The fact is, we've held. Uh, over 40 conventions of states, Arkansas has participated in some of them. And they always stick to the topic because the people who attend them are controlled by the states. They're, they're delegates of the state legislatures, commissioners of the state legislatures. But that's the kind of thing we're talking about where there's insufficient constitutional education out there. And when there's, when there's insufficient information, then it becomes easy for, you know, some of George Soros's groups to spread disinformation. All right, Doc, I, or, or Professor, I got to jump in. We're out of time. I appreciate you being with us. I'm, I'm in touch with your people. I will get you back on here post haste. All right. I'd love that. Thank you so much. All right. Thank, thank you. you thank for being you with very us. much. All right, doctor, or not doctor, Professor Rob Nadelson. He should be a doctor. It's Dave Ellswick's show. Stay tuned. We got more coming after the news. All right. We continue here on the Dave Ellswick show. Wasn't that a great. I'll tell you what. Eye-opener from uh, Rob Nadelson. I've heard, I've heard so- some of that before there, too, uh, Dave, and uh, from some other constitutional lawyers as well, is that uh, uh, a lot of the legislators, don't they, just because they don't understand, that's why they may be a little apprehensive yes. about doing that. And, uh, and they and, got their own lawyers telling them. You know what? What gets me oh, wrong stuff. Oh yeah, That's you got the you got the uh, association of counties as well as the municipal league and some of those that are actually going in there. Why do we have a legal a legal team that represents our government and not us? Right. That's what's really it's really got me. Well, that legal team is usually appointed by someone in the position of power and handpicked. And the person that picks the legal team is the person that controls what the legal team tells everyone what to do. Tell me how you how you go against the Bill of Rights or Bill of Rights ordinance that that has been presented. And all it says is basically that we we won't agree with you if it doesn't agree with the Constitution. If it doesn't agree with our Bill of Rights, our rights, then we won't agree. And and I'm gonna tell you, I I sit up there and listen to to Rainwater talk about this up there in, up there in Sebastian County, 
and <laughs> I think I think uh, there was a constitutional lawyer, Chris Ann Hall, was uh, going to get and Chris Ann did an excellent job of doing that. But I could tell that that quorum court up there. It already had their minds made up. They had tabled that bill. I don't know how many times to table that ordinance. I don't know how many times. Because I think he was trying to judge up there. The county judge was actually trying to get votes, make sure that he had the votes to vote it down. Well, whenever you were talking about some of the names that you were talking about there, those people are very political, very political. And they have those uh, attorneys that you're talking about, one of them in particular, uh, is in very high places, and, and they play along with the regime. People, we got to educate ourselves, just like uh, Mr. Nettleson, Nettleson, right? Yeah, Nettleson. Nettleson that just called in. We have to educate ourselves. You have to know your rights. It's just like the Robert Rules of Order. If you go to a quorum court meeting, the person that knows the rules and knows what they can do and what they can't do is a person that controls the narrative and controls the outcome. You can't pay someone else to give you advice on everything. You can't pay someone else to do your thinking for you. If you, you do, you will go in the ditch. Don't listen to experts. The experts have an agenda. They will not tell you the truth. Everyone in this country are Americans. We need to know our Constitution, and it's our own fault for uh, for not knowing what our rights are. Well, you go back with what Rob was saying, Rob Nadelson, is, you know, the problem is, is that as citizens ourselves, and especially now, you're not even given the education you need to understand the Constitution that, uh, you know, you're under. They don't understand it anymore. It's not really taught anymore. They ta- they, it's not a requirement to teach constitutional theory, give it a better, just to give it a name, about what does the Constitution really say. Well, we know what the people in high places want us to know. Because they're controlling what's in the school systems and everything else. So the bottom line is, hey, he, hey, he writes books and uh, and he he does the education system. We all have to take responsibility, to educate our own system. It never was the government's job to educate us to start with, and uh, we need to educate ourselves. Let me, let me say something in that in that public meeting that we had down in Benton when I asked when I asked the governor says says uh. uh Asked him and said, you know, why did you make the media leave, right? He said, because the governor has that power. And then I, my next question, I asked him directly. I said, can you give me the statute or the article in our Constitution that gives you that power? I, I heard crickets. Hey, if you assume what people tell you. That's then, what I'm saying. Just because I said you assume it. That, that's exactly right. <laughs> like, Just because I said it. So people don't believe anything you hear, especially after this election. If they don't believe anything you hear, study it for yourself. Come to your own conclusions. It's much like studying the Bible. You're not going to go on Judgment Day and say, oh, so-and-so told me that this was going to be okay, and I'd go right ahead. You might want to get the rules out and do your own research. Okay. we got a friend that really wants to know about this. And, dudes, if I, if I had unlimited resources, I'd give you a copy. Here's the book. Okay. Okay, this is by uh, Robert Nadelson. It says, what... To, the name of the book is The Original Constitution, What It Actually <coughs> Said and Meant. Wow. I highly recommend everybody read that book. 
if you if you want it's like you say uh wayne you know you can even have an effect on politics or politics will affect you mm-hmm. that's exactly what this book talks about when you know more than they do or yeah. you more than they think you do then you then you have you have power there's the more to power. come there's more to come there will be discussion on what the original intent of the second amendment was and the people that make the definitions are the people that control the outcome so they're going to try to redefine the second amendment they're going to redefine the first amendment they're going to say now it's your civil right to be a homosexual now and it is your right i mean it's a free country do do whatever you want to do in your bedroom and i'll do what i want in mine and we're not going to talk about it but whenever you make it a civil right the next thing they have to do is come up and redefine the first amendment and say well if you speak against someone's civil right then that's hate speech so we better study up we better read the book and we appreciate the research and the education that he's done to prepare to defend our freedom and we better arm ourselves because there is more to come i really wish that in these bills that that our legislature writes and the author i would wish that they would put a section in there about original intent this is the intent of the bill well here's the key and and let me just read what nadelson says on the back of his book he says knowledge is power i agree this book is full of facts that even many experts don't know Uh, From it, you're going to learn the Constitution's hidden meanings. Now, were they hidden when it was written? No, they are now because many of its words and phrases meant something different in the 18th century than they do today. Exactly. Uh, How the founders wanted the Constitution interpreted. Is it really a living document? And uh, the answer may surprise you, he says. Uh, How the original Constitution protected your rights. What a privilege is and how it is different from a right. And then last but not least, how the framers were ahead of their time in respecting women and minorities. You don't know that. You've been told there's a bunch of white guys that wanted everybody under their thumb. It's the biggest bunch of BS you've ever been fed. You need to read. You need to feed your mind. I mean, that's one thing that Grace Slick got right. Feed your head. And what you don't know you're afraid of. Well, that's right and also i think they were in a position that i tried to to put forward whenever i was talking to him they had the authority to give everybody the medicine that all people are created equal yep. at that time they had the authority to nail that down at the same time and they put it in there that that's what their intent was but they would have lost half of the states at that time that they needed to fight the British at that time. I think they put well, down. The whole slavery issue was a non-starter with South Carolina and North Carolina so, and Southern states. I think they put down there what the intent was, but they couldn't give everybody the medicine at once. Uh, all people are created equal, and that come from God's word. It comes from God before it come from the Constitution. That's where they got it. And uh, God's word is the highest authority, but these men believed in God. And they've got that authority from him. But if they would have lorded that over the people at that time, which it needed to happen, then they would have lost the war. And if you lose the war, then the the battle, then the battle. So sometimes (laughs) you give people all the medicine they can take at the time. They could not have the Declaration of Independence unless all 13. 
15 states agreed to it. It had to be unanimous. Mm -hmm. So if there was something that was a non-starter with somebody. Then they need to be brought up. It was a non-starter. It was a simple thing. And they they put stuff in that and then in the Constitution later that gave the country the ability to mold themselves around what they wanted the to Republican. do contemporary. We need more people in this in this country to have the audacity to ask questions of our leaders, okay? And if they don't know, you know, says, can you show it to me? Or either, if they can't, show it to them. Yes, but you need to know the answer before you ask That's the question. That's what I'm just saying, you need to know the show answer. it to them. Yeah, that's so you're exactly not getting the right. wool pulled over your eyes somewhere exactly. along, because exactly. a lot of that's been going on. I mean, it's seriously. This, a lot of this garbage that you're hearing, you know, if you want to live in Minnesota and live with defunding the police, that's up on you, okay? You go ahead and do that or whatever. But when you start destroying property, uh, that property is protected by the Constitution of the United States. Personal property, yeah. And that's where the, the, the president had every right in the world to say, hey, you either get this under control or I'll come in and get it under control. Mm-hmm. He had the right to say that and it's tell them the that. Yeah. You can't do that. That's unconstitutional. Bullpucky. It's totally constitutional. Mm-hmm. But right. you have to be ready to quote it and, and document it. That's, you know, that's when you go back to the Bible example, you, if you're going to tell someone something that the Bible says, uh, what you think is not important, you need to give them book, chapter, and verse for it. I agree we need to be ready to give book, chapter, and verse on the Constitution as well as God's Word because I believe it started with God's Word and they transferred it into the Constitution, most of it. That's where the framework, where the authority. It seems to me like they said that our rights came from God in the Declaration of Independence whenever I read it. From the Creator. You, you got that right. So uh, that's where our rights start at. So look, we need to know our Bibles. We need to know our Constitution. We need, and we to, know need to know our platform and our principles that we go by. That's exactly Our values right. in this country. And what's happening is that we've become so diluted and, and nobody knows what the truth is because you've been censored. You've been, you know, the, the media censored information. They've also uh, uh, put out disinformation. And what happens is that that's what – how do you confuse – how do you confuse – a, a sheep. Well, there, I tell you, there what, you go. The, the, Get the leader going the wrong way. That's how you confuse a sheep. That's right. And that leader. Or the shepherd. That's right. Well, you don't need any sheep to start with. We don't need any sheep. And one other quick thing that come from the Bible, and and uh, it said that my people are destroyed from a lack of knowledge. Mm-hmm. And that is what's happening to this country. And if we have a lack of knowledge, it will destroy this country. And see, now there's a good example of not understanding words, because there's a lot of people look at the Bible and it says lack of vision. They don't realize that the vision that they're talking about is the knowledge that mm-hmm. they have. Yeah. The knowledge you of know, the- it's not some by and by pie in the sky thoughts that are coming up down the line years from now. No, that's not what they're talking about. They're talking about. With the power of your wisdom and knowledge that you have today, how are you going to lead us into the future? Yeah, we have to. We, if we don't know that, if we don't educate ourselves, if we don't have knowledge of the Constitution, if we don't have knowledge of original intent and where they got their authority from, then this country will be destroyed. It won't be a supernatural thing of God destroying it, but it will destroy itself from within. You need, yeah. you need, people need to also pay attention to where the money is coming from. 
on on a lot of this stuff because money drives a lot of lies. Yeah, Did you hear the name he dropped when he was talking? Hmm? Did you hear the name? Yeah, he dropped Soros in there, didn't he? Soros, yeah. <laughs> the master plan. He he wants to destroy the local governments and have a central authority that he can control with his checkbook. I mean, this you don't have to you don't have to have a, a degree to figure out what he's trying to do. Look at other countries that he's tried to do it in. I mean, just watch for a pattern. That's what I do. I watch for a pattern. Something you know obvious. That's exactly right. Yeah, we want to centralize power, and we want to eliminate the local police, and then we will control this country. And so, if if we don't educate ourselves, they'll win, and they'll they'll do it. All right, got a break. Then we'll come back and finish it up for you. Want to talk about is uh, is is the union in trouble? We'll talk about it when we continue here on the Dave Ellswick Show. So let me take you back to what I mentioned to you in the waning minutes of the 7 a.m. hour, and we were talking about Alan West, who is now the head of the GOP in Texas. Uh, And let me go. I got the story here. It says the chairman of the Republican Party of Texas suggested Friday that law-abiding states should form their own union after the Supreme Court's rejection of a lawsuit seeking to invalidate votes from four battleground states. Now, I want to change it because, look, I'm a, I like the Daily Caller, but this is kind of back-ass words, all right? It wasn't so the, the people from Texas trying to invalidate Pennsylvania, Georgia, uh, Wisconsin, and Michigan. They had already done that as far under the Constitution. They had already invalidated themselves. So I, I think it's wrong uh, for them to, to, to say that, uh, that it was Texas that was trying to invalidate all those dates. That's not a, a vote. Quote, this decision establishes a precedent that says states can violate the U.S. Constitution and not be held accountable. This decision will have far-reaching ramifications for the future of our constitutional republic. Perhaps law-abiding states should bond together and form a union of states that will abide by the Constitution. The the, uh, statement by West decried (coughs) the Supreme Court's ruling that rejected Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton's lawsuit, which asked the high court from an emergency order to invalidate ballots from Georgia, Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. And, you know, if you didn't hear uh, Rob Nadelson in the last half hour, you need to go back and listen to him on the Facebook post that we have and and listen and hear what it has, what he had to say. Cause it's and read really, his book. Yeah, and read the book. It's really what important. What was the book again? That you, that you know, it's yeah. basically the right. background of you put that on your, uh, on your web on your right. facebook page, yeah i or? can do that with okay. uh with, yeah have elizabeth right. do that have okay. elizabeth do that all right but uh yeah it's just really amazing what what's going on here and my question is this because when you look and you say to yourself i live here in the state of arkansas and we have six elector votes all right new york has, and I don't know what their electoral vote is, I don't have it right in front of me, but it's considerably more than what we have here in Arkansas. How much do I really have in common with people in New York now? 
Same thing with uh, California. Or 55. California. They got 55 yeah. electoral votes. Or uh, Oregon or yeah. Washington State. What, you know, used to be the union was the union. People thought a lot alike. I can't say that we're like that well, any longer. Well, we're all Americans, and what people have to do is agree to but a, are a we, law. Are, are we, I'm just asking the question here. What kind of American are you? Do you really well, believe in the Constitution, or don't you believe in the Constitution? Well, you know what? They cheated a little bit to get the outcome that they wanted. Are you going to say that the Republicans have never cheated a little bit the outcome that they wanted also? I don't think in any way, in any election that has been held in this country, have I seen such widespread. Obvious. and Yeah, and obvious. You know, or disrespect obvious. for the Constitution of the United States. I won't argue. I that. don't want to be part of that. People, I, I, people I, that I know got three ballots in the mail, mail yeah. in ballots, right? Yeah, I don't argue that. But you know, we have to come up with a long term solution, just like uh, Rob said. Uh, I have trouble with his last name, just like Rob said in his Nadelson uh, in the last hour that we did this morning. But just like he said, there is a way to fix it, and uh, I agree as far as your question uh, is what Mr. West said there. But Mr. West used some very controversial words there that leads people to think about secession. He didn't say that the states need to form a pack or something uncontroversial and work together to make sure that the Constitution constitution is understood and uphold and that there are laws enacted to make sure that this cheating doesn't happen again that definitely needs to happen but there is a legal way to keep this country together at this time and to make sure that both sides can agree to disagree and this country can still function as a whole i don't like mr less language he's being controversial and I don't know if he's trying to sell books or what, but he could have used a language that said that we're going to stick together. And we may have to share money. It may come down to the fact that the federal government says, hey, you states, you're 13 states or 17 states that are not going to play along with our agenda of bending the Constitution. We're going to hold money back. Well, the PAC group or whatever, I'm not can work together without saying we need to destroy the union of this country. Yeah, I think that we have to consider it. I don't think that it may come to that to point, but yeah. I do not think we're anywhere close to tearing this country down I, at this I, point. I hear it everywhere I go. I hear it everywhere I go. I hear it when I go to work. I hear it from sure customers. I hear it all the time. It's you know, people want to say a lot of people died for that Constitution. Well, a lot of people died for the union of this country. The Constitution's still in place. Let's make sure it's uphold, but it's t- not time to throw everything away yet. There's, there's all, always other alternatives. And, exactly and, right. and, and I tell you, the professor brought that, brought that up, law professor. He actually brought that up as a good point. Know that your, know that your uh, uh, legislators have the power. Okay. They need to know it. They need to know it, and they need to exercise it. All right. The book, again, let me just remind you, and I'll have Elizabeth put it up, is from Robert Nadelson, The Original Constitution, What It Actually Said and Meant. It goes into the words and whatnot about 
The words of used then are not the same as we use today quickly. And then you can become a constitutional expert. That's right. Absolutely. That's what we need to do. R.D., thanks for being with us today. Appreciate you. Thank you, Wayne. Nice to have you come in today. To Iverson, we thank him for being here today. He's doing his elector duty right now at the Capitol. I'm Dave Ellswick. See you 6 a.m. tomorrow. Let it snow. Let it snow.